What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 23 of Rockin' with the Jake. I am Zach Martin, and always with me tonight is Tom Matheny. Tom, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good. I just got to eat my dinner real quick before we started this show. I got to see the Bills go up on Kansas City. No score spoilers, so you can see it yourself. <laughs> uh, it's It's been good. Been playing some music. Uh, I got some really exciting news for one of my friends that unfortunately I can't share on here mm-hmm. because it would probably violate some sort of legal agreement. Um, but I'm super happy for him. I'm really, really excited. And you should see it uh, in the music news here probably in the coming weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. And congratulations to your friend. And yeah, I saw the, I saw the uh, teaser video you dropped for your song. That should be coming out soon, so that's awesome. What do you think? I thought it was really good, honestly, man. I'm I'm really excited to see what the rest of it's like. So, but from what I saw, it's crazy. It's crazy. That little video Mm -hmm. was out of like a three and a half minute or something demo that we shot. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to give mad props to uh, my producer Jay Sparrow's uh, sister-in-law Bethany Capek. Capek. I probably butchered that, and I'm sorry. Um, she's the one who shot the video for that. And she did a phenomenal job. Just an absolutely fantastic job. Uh, Jay edited it together. Mm-hmm. And that what you see is what Jay put together out of the footage that uh, Bethany shot. So uh, really great, outstanding work. And it's great to have people like that on uh, with our entertainment group. So no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, it came out really well, man. So for this episode, it's going to be pretty simple. Um, going to do some arbitration talks because, you know, we have we took last week off because the Browns advanced in the, in the playoffs. Should advance a little bit farther in the playoffs, but that's for a different podcast at another time. Um, so we just wanted to take last week off just to watch the Browns. And I think after the game, we're like, it would even <laughs> – how that game ended, it's like there's no point in doing a podcast. So it's kind of a good call on us. So – we are here tonight, um, but we are right now on an every other week schedule just because offseason is going to be slow. I mean, the Pirates have been a little busy cheering basically everyone away. Um, but in terms of the Indians, I think we're pretty much done in terms of transaction news, in terms of <laughs> getting guys in a trade and free agency <laughs> so there's no such thing as free agency this offseason if you're a cleveland indians fan our free agency is much like every free agency in which we watch other teams sign good players maybe guys who might have worn a cleveland indians uniform mm-hmm. within the last 10 years to a deal we probably could have made mm-hmm. and then we're left here twiddling our thumbs so go yeah. team yeah, so we pretty, I think we got like what two months until spring training supposed to start, and maybe three if the season actually starts in April. But baseball hasn't revealed that yet. But yeah, just quick news. Yeah, of course George Springer's now a Blue Jay with that record signing for that team. Michael Brantley's getting talked to by the Blue Jays. Like I said, the Pirates are training people to San Diego and the Yankees and everyone else, and where still trying to figure out what's next we would love to get Cesar Hernandez back but with getting Rosario and Jimenez that's probably not going to happen now and yeah pretty much it oh and Corey Kluber's now a Yankee so yeah that also uh that also stings because 
you really don't want to see another Indian in a pinstripe, but that's how it is. And now we got three Indians of different pinstripes in New York, one in blue and white and one in blue and brighter blue. <laughs> oh, and Michael Brantley re-signed with Houston. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. That was a couple days ago. Oh, I missed it. I, it was in the middle of, um, if for those of you who are our most devoted and loyal listeners, we've been having some issues with Twitter accounts. And so that was, that happened in the middle of our, yeah. you know, hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. Show hiatus. <laughs> yeah. It's been, put it. Yeah. It's been a little crazy. And so, well, Brandon is an Astro again and, so yeah, so let's just kick this right off because what else do we have to do? <laughs> in terms of the Indians for the fact that we just won't, won't sign anybody other than guys that we have in arbitration. So it came out on the 15th tweet out by Zach Meisel that the Indians have settled their three remaining arbitration eligible players. Austin Hedges will make $3.28 million this year. Ahmed Rosario is going to make two point four, And Phil Maton is making nine hundred and seventy-five. million thousand dollars so basically our two catchers are making about if my math is correct eight point eight point seven eight million dollars yeah that sounds about right which is basically about under a million less than jose ramirez who makes the most on the team at nine at nine point four I want to know what Phil Maton did to mess with management that they couldn't just give him the extra 25 grand and call it a cool mill. I, you would think, I mean, I know the, I know the Dolans are cheap, but you can't throw the guy 25 K. I mean, he did, he was pretty decent last season. So, I mean, exactly. But how crazy is it that our top three players who are getting paid the most by the Indians are our third baseman, obviously because he's an MVP candidate are back-to-back gold glove catcher and the 2018 NL gold glove catcher. That's the top three. <laughs> well combined because of the fact of, I don't think hedges is third, but just for the fact that our two catchers combined make it yeah. almost as much as I just, I, I lump them together basically for our catchers. Cause we have one position making just as much as our third base and, <laughs> like Tom, how do you feel about the arbitration guys and just looking over the fact that we have two catchers making eight million, <laughs> and that's together, like, together. It's not together. like both of them are making eight million together as a combined salary statistic. They're making eight million dollars. Yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah, <laughs> Rosario. I'm excited to see what he can do for the team. And like I said, Maton, man, like, was it just like that one bad game he had that kept him from that 25K? Like, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That that doesn't really make any sense. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i glad, you know, they figured out with Maton. But, yeah, give him the 25K. Give him that nice mill. I mean, why not? I mean, it's not like, you know, we're breaking the bank on all of our players. I mean, we don't have a guy, we don't have a guy making 9.5 or more. So, I mean, what's an extra 25K to the Dolans? An extra box? for a game possibly if that an extra couple seats in the uh oh wait that's right we don't we don't need seats because people don't even show up now as it is <laughs> yikes yeah it's it's about like trying to pull fingernails with them just to get them to 
spend any money on this team. So it's pretty great. Yeah. And then there was another tweet, uh, hedges and Roberto Perez, the club's two catchers will earn a combined 8.78 million in 2021, which accounts for more than 20% of the projected payroll at this moment. (laughs) You know, you just know it's bad (laughs) when your two catchers who both make under five and a half million are 20% of your salary, (laughs) which is 40. (laughs) I can't. I can't. It would be just a really long string string of invective that thankfully like the FCC doesn't regulate this or probably watch this, so they'll be all right with it, but good uh, heavens. Oh, you can say it. I mean, at this point, at this you, point. You, you got to almost give a Silvio Dante, you know, what the fuck? I know, right? Or like a, Bob, like, a, like a Bob Uecker, just one GD hit? <laughs> We're just paying nobody. It's like, I'm in the bag because that's basically what it's going to take be. over yeah harry, harry wake up there's something going on they're showing some the indians are fighting with each other they're showing some they're flying showing times of life out of the indians for the first time this year yeah it's crazy it's um, basically what it's going to be like did we somehow get sucked into major league oh and, yeah absolutely but and and that's not to knock guys like hedges and Rosario and Maton because you know it's not their fault Rosario I'm excited for and it's not the players fault like no don't get mad at the players Um, no I mean I'm not it's no I mean Rosario's from one of her Rosario's supposed to be pretty good I mean Hedges you know he's give him a full season with our rotation he's gonna be back to where he was two years ago and like we said Maton was good last year so it's we're fine with the guys you know don't get it twisted we're 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 pro guys getting paid unless you're, you know, you want to ask for an exuberant amount of money when you've been kind of on a decline the last few years, but. <laughs> That's okay. I don't need to die on that hill anymore for at least <laughs> another, hopefully couple seasons that we do this. So yeah. One, yeah. One or two seasons, whenever Jose Ramirez starts to get conversations about his contract or he wants to get signed. Stop it. Stop it. Don't make me say it on the show. Please don't make me say it on the show. Let's, Let's go on to Meisel's 26-man <laughs> roster before I start saying things that are going to alienate the listeners. I think the I think the listeners are already alienated from the Indians themselves because I don't think anyone's going to give a, a basically a rat's ass about the Indians coming up this season because... Dude, you said the ass word. I'm so excited. I think we've gotten you to swear on the show for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've said, I've said jackass and stuff on the show before, so I mean, it's nothing really You new. might have been directing it at me, but yeah, that's fair. No... No, I no, I think it was towards the Dolans because it basically. Oh, are. that makes sense too. That was my second yeah. guess. Yeah, the, you know, because it basically are. It's just with the Browns doing so good, you know. Twelve. Dude, and talk six. about them Cavs, bro. And the yeah, the Cavs are in seven. Just sex land. Good yeah, lord. Swept swept the Nets after basically doing that blockbuster trade that involved the Nets, and then they get rid of KPJ to Houston for a second rounder, and they're still like okay. We're so we're gonna put up 147 double overtime, then we're gonna blow you out the next game, and everyone's just like, "The Nets are supposed to be good." How? <laughs> it's early. It's like anything else. Oh, everybody but, came out and gave you know the big three from the Heat a bunch of shade because they yeah. didn't come out and start you know beating up on everybody. Yeah, smacking so. everyone. 
Honestly, though, man, well, Jimmy, you saw it last year. Jimmy Bickerstaff did a really good job getting those guys ready before the pause. And he's my coach of the year candidate. They're like 15 or 16 games in, and Bickerstaff are coach of the year. I mean, they're, yeah, they're already eight and seven. If you count last year's end of the season run, I think they, I think they were like what eight games above 500 of when he started coaching. So I mean, he's, I mean, Bickerstaff's got this team rolling, and the fact they got you know jared allen now and they got drummond and you know garland sexton prince yeah prince Windler. I, th- I, th- I think the Cavs have basically the best hair game in the league right now between sexton prince and allen i think we're the hair we have to be the hair squad because they're just froze all over the place and they're just amazing so i mean i'm not upset but yeah, but going back to my main point it's just with the indians i just i think it's gonna be a lot harder for fans to Cause there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, we're going to watch the Indians games and blah, 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 which yeah, it's, you're going to do it because it's the Indians. It's just, I think it's going to be a lot harder for fans Absolutely. to be engaged because the Indians are already, we're already second to the probably No one's going to beat the Browns, but I think it's a lot harder now with the fact that the Browns got so much better. The Cavs are playing really well and the Indians are basically Jose Ramirez, just uh, Shane Bieber and, Zach Plesak and who else do you really consider like that's going to be lights out and Josh Naylor Josh Naylor yeah I mean I, we can definitely get that to him you know hopefully he carries on to that it's just it's going to be really tough with fans because if they're not getting fans of the stadiums this year again because so, I know MLB said they're going to try to do that they want to have fans and they're not going to mandate them with COVID tests and stuff like that, but it's like, how else are you going to do it? I don't really know. I mean, I know the Cavs are letting fans and stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. What, I mean, if you think the Cavs are doing it and the Browns are doing, it, I think you're going to get the Indians to do it too. But it's just at what capacity you're going to get that. And absolutely. Plus, I don't think tickets are going to be hard to come by at this at this point because. You have to. Admit, you got to think of how many season tickets have not been renewed, or people are just like, "Nah, <laughs> I'm not gonna go watch this team." I mean, not for, I w- not for the price of 81 games, man. No, not really. And the fact that your team is pretty much depleted to like a few guys who've got major league experience, and everyone else is kind of new. So, yeah, all things considered, if there is a minor league se- season, excuse me, season, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be going to akron once every so often scouting the dudes there maybe drive up to east lake scout the boys there yeah um, maybe go down to columbus maybe catch a clippers game you know yeah or you gonna, are you gonna are you going to mahoning valley and just watch some collegiate wood bat baseball just because because it's right there yeah i mean i'm also not very far from uh avon lake which is where the lake erie crushers play yep which, which is, is a nice stadium. team yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a great stadium. It's a nice stadium for where it's at. So, I mean, nothing wrong with the independent ball. You know, those guys, yeah. you know, they play hard. We so. almost got to play there uh, once in high school. Oh, that would have been dope. Would have been sweet. Dude, that would have been then nice. we didn't. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're going to move on to the second part of the show. Like I said, this isn't really going to be a long show because there's not a lot to talk about. Arbitration and a Zach Meisel. Athletic post, which is always good to read and check take a look at. And 
this is his projected 26 man roster for the team. And um, I have a good feeling this is pretty much going to be it <laughs> because like we said before, doing the Indians, we're, we're pretty much done with getting guys. So catchers, I think it's pretty easy to think that it's going to be Roberto Perez and Austin Hedges. No shocker there. Uh, Jose Ramirez, Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, Yu Chang, and Jake Bowers. Your thoughts on Yu Chang, which I'm assuming is probably going to be your super utility guy, and Jake Bowers, which I believe is what he's looking at as your everyday first baseman. What are your thoughts on that? Bowers over Bradley. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, Bowers is out of options. But Bradley's got to be close to out of options, too, even though he's going to turn, what, 25 this year? Is 24 going on 25? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think so. Um, Something, something like that. I think it's 25 or 26. He's still pretty young. That's wild You're because you're kind of in a hole there. You're probably going to see one of those two guys get moved around spring training, the end of spring training, I would guess, if yeah. they're not going to keep one of them. Right. Um, yeah. But Bowers, okay, I can I can live with that, though. Well, I think it's mainly because Jake Bowers has no options left, so I think that's probably why Meisel's thinking Bowers because the fact that Bowers does have some major league experience with, you know, when he played with the Rays, played with us as well. And it's like I said, he's got no options. So the Indians are really kind of handcuffed to Bowers at this point, unless they trade him (laughs) or put him straight out on waivers, which for whatever reason, they don't want to. That's not usually the way we go. No. So I think that's probably why they're going to go with Bowers just because, like I said, he's got no options left. And there's talk about, you know, Bowers, Bobby Bradley, and Josh Naylor are the primary candidates for that, you know, for that spot. Um, but I think with Naylor also playing left, I think that's kind of gives the Indians more of an option to probably platoon the two between the outfield and first base, especially, you know, because Naylor is better at hitting lefties than Bowers does. So I guess that they want to have Naylor at, first and put a right-hand bat in the outfield, Jordan Luplo. That's probably what they'll do. They'll probably have Naylor and Bowers platoon. But he also has, um, for the 40-man, Bobby Bradley, Gabriel Arias, Ernie Clements, and Nolan Jones. Um, Gabriel Arias, I don't know why. I don't think he'd be on the 40-man. I don't think he's ready for the majors this year, or it might be next year. I would probably see maybe like an Owen Miller over Arias in the 40 man roster. Or like, what do you think about that? With the guys that he's added to the 40 man from the infield. Uh, I would agree with you. Um, but I think you, I think Arias has to be on it because he was put on the 40 man to make sure he was rule five protected. <clears throat> was he rule five? Was it, was it for rule five? Pro- oh, that's right. It was rule five protection. Jeez. How are we? How are yeah. we already? How are we already at World Five protection with areas we just got them too? But baseball in their word. It has to do with his trade status and all of yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. So yeah, so that that actually makes sense. It's though that whole status thing. Like we we're just fans of this. So if you're looking for like us knowing every single rule in baseball, 
this is not the place for you to do that. <laughs> we have We're working to... on it. We're expanding our knowledge, but it's it's definitely a work in progress, especially with some of our you know other interests sometimes taking point. Like I'm I'm a full time musician in addition to being a college student. Yeah. You know, you've got a full time job, a wife, all kinds of stuff going on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll get there. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get there at some point. The outfielders. Um, this kind of is a no surprise. Oscar Mercado, Framil Reyes, Josh Naylor, Jordan Luplo, Daniel Johnson, and Bradley Zimmer. Color us shocked because we've been basically calling this since day one that this is probably going to be the outfielder going to be rolling with next year. Um, I have a good sense it's going to be a lot of platooning in this outfield once again because it's the Tito special. And based on how last year's outfield went, I could probably see why they would probably platoon because you basically got two left fielders in Luplo and Naylor. You got two right fielders in Johnson and um, Frame Norris, if they even play him in the outfield. And then you've got Mercado and Zimmer in center. I'm not playing Reyes in the outfield. I'm sorry. No. That's a terrible idea. Let him hit. Let him stay warm. They've talked about. They've had him. They've had him practice at first base too. So, don't care. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. Well, because Reyes said he wants to. He want. He wants to play defense. He doesn't want to get slapped with just a DH tag. But I mean, embrace it, my guy. You are <laughs> six foot five, two hundred and seventy pounds of. I can hit the ball out of sight, and I'm fine with you not playing defense. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, his defense is average to below average. And at this point, it's like, you know, we just need guys who can play defense in the outfield because we saw what happens when our defense in the outfield falls apart. Uh, Delano Shields. <laughs> so we're, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I understand why he wants to play outfield because he wants to play every day. At the, he wants to play in the outfield and do something like that. But that's probably not going to happen. That just, it's. Well, and it's a completely different feeling to go from being an everyday position player to being a designated hitter. It's a completely different mindset. You know, you, you have to find your own ways to adjust to some of that. And if you've never done it before, it's very difficult to get used to. Yeah. And platooning him out of the DH, the outfield, is just, it's not really going to, I don't think it's going to work very well. So I, it makes sense of why the Indians are going to be like, no, you're just going to DH and you're just going to roll with that. Um, I mean, are you really shocked by any of these guys that are listed on this potential 26-man roster? I mean, Daniel Johnson at this point is going to have to get a shot. I mean, he's been in the minors for too long, and everyone's talking about how good he, how good he's supposed to be. So I'd say roll, we might as well just roll with him. I mean, what else do we have to lose? I mean, you can't really rely on Jordan Luplo to be playing every day in the outfield. And yeah. Oscars and Bradley are going to be platooning center. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have that. And it's a lot of that, I think, goes back to what, uh, you know, Sleds and Lawless were talking with Todd about on their most recent show about you're going to have to figure out where some of these guys are at. And we've talked about that as well. Yeah. You've got all these young guys, it's decision time you can't keep pushing them back and pushing them back because now you've pushed yourself into a place where you're out of room. Yeah. 
you basically have because you you have you have outfielders, but it's kind of like, do you really have outfielders that you can rely on every day? And in, you have so many question marks all over the infield. I mean, yeah, we did get Rosario and we did get Jimenez, but who knows how that's? I mean, we we're, we they haven't played with the Indians yet, so we got to see how that goes. I mean, last year was Jimenez's first season in the majors, and Rosario has been okay. I mean, his stolen bases weren't there like how they usually are, so. It's going to be interesting. And then this is the uh, this is his starting nine that he kind of has locked in um, for the batting order. <laughs> so he does get a little funny at the end or he makes up two guys' names because it's kind of like just you throw whoever you want to. He The names he made up were Felix Polanco and Evan Myers, which is like sounds like baseball names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why Miles was trying to be funny because it's kind of like, yeah, after the top, like, four, you're kind of like, yeah, this is going to be a drop. So uh, he has Oscar Mercado hitting first, Jose Ramirez second, Josh Naylor third, Framil Reyes fourth, Daniel Johnson fifth, Ahmed Rosario sixth, Jake Bauer seventh, and then I'm probably going to guess Jimenez at eight and uh Roberto Perez ninth or you can move Johnson or you can swap Johnson and Jimenez but I mean when that when I tell you that potential nine how does it really make you feel just thinking about how that lineup would be on, on a mostly everyday basis of Mercado Ramirez Naylor Reyes Johnson Rosario Bowers Jimenez Perez Hello, hello. Hey, can you... huh? Oh, technical difficulties there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with this. It's, it's kind good. of been funky my whole way. I'm glad we're recording it on your end. Yeah, all good. <laughs> um, but how does it make you feel hearing that starting nine overall? Well, at least there's not some washed-up guys on that, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, my favorite thing is to compare it to, you know, the 16 opening day roster <laughs> and the opening day lineup of that, and you've got, you know, Wanya Rebe, Colin Cowgill, Marlon Bird. Jeez. Yeah, you look at that roster, like, there's no way this team is going to do anything, and then you see the you see the back end of it in the World Series. You're like, wow, this team actually got good when they added a bunch of other guys there and yeah now you look at it, you're like okay i can kind of see it i think i'm lucky that the browns played so well because <laughs> if it wasn't for that i'd probably be much more despairing having to think about what's going on with the indians all the time yeah i mean i mean you got the Cavs playing right now and you know hockey's kind of started too so i mean that's also a thing. That. Yeah, yeah, true. Which, if uh, we get any cross listeners from the Cannon Hawk side of things, I'm sorry, I'm just not, I'm not much of a hockey guy. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's yeah, at least the Browns did really well. The Indians, I mean, 
I probably won't do what I did last year where it was a lot of game recaps after every game because it's going to be – well, one, it's going to be hard for me to do just trying to keep up with all the stuff that's going on with it. And, I mean, I just did that for six of the games. So it was so short. This year, though, it might be a little tough for me to recap every game. But overall with this lineup, though, kind of after four is a lot of question marks, honestly. I mean, you guys see how Rosario does. You guys see how Jimenez does. And him, this is Jimenez's the second season. You got to hope Bebo stays healthy for the whole year. And you got to see if Jake Bowers finds any resemblance of the guy that the Indians really liked to give him Andy Diaz. And we got to hope that Johnson – is the guy that everyone's been saying that he's supposed to be when we got him from the nationals in the young gums trade. I mean, outside of the top four, how do you really feel about that back end? Just, I know you said there's not a lot of washed up guys, but there's, there's gotta be some concerns there of how this roster's just got, has a drop after the top four. Not to be an alarmist, but there's a ton of concerns. This is just a ton because you don't know. And yeah. I love, I love Roberto Perez. I love him to death, mm-hmm. but good Lord, man, hit more than a buck 50, <laughs> please, please. If you, yeah, if we're paying you five, if we're paying you five and a half million dollars, yeah. Can you do a little bit more than that? I'm okay. And I'm okay with two ten. I don't need much. I don't need much more than what he's getting, but Damn. Buck fifty doesn't cut it out of your catcher. If that's the case, mm-hmm. time to move on. Time to start bringing guys up. I, I don't know what the answer is there. You know, you'll have to live and you'll have to live through some of the struggles with guys like Daniel Johnson and Jake Bowers. Jake Bowers has never hit more than I think two twenty. Some like that in a big league season. Yeah, before we started talking about the show. It, Basically, Indian stands, we're going to have to tell you this. Be ready for a lot of moral victories, which is no one really wants to hear that because, you know. I hate moral victories. Pretty much everyone does. And win-loss records, we could – if we somehow with our pitching sneak into the playoffs, which with what the White Sox have done this offseason and the Twins are still good, that is going to be a tall order to ask. And if we try to get three, and plus, we, who knows what the playoff picture is even going to look like either. If they're going to do extended playoffs again or they go back to the what it was before, then you're talking about how the Red Sox are getting a little bit better, the Blue Jays got better, the Yankees are getting reloaded. Even a wild card is going to be a tough stretch for the Indians to grab at this point. I would – I really – I don't want to be a pessimist, but at this point, it's kind of like I would not expect a playoffs for the Indians this year. This might be our, what, first time not making the playoffs in the last, like, what, five years or something like that? Or Second. Six. Oh, yeah, because we missed it. Um, 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so long ago. I kind of forgot about that we missed that. Um, but, yeah, it's – almost makes you feel good because it's not like you had to watch any disappointing playoff baseball out of a team that you had such high hopes for in 2017. You had such high hopes for them in 2018 that in 2019, at first it was like, man, they didn't make the playoffs. Well, damn. Yeah. Then after last year, it's like, yeah, okay. Maybe it wasn't so bad. 
Yeah, well, last year kind of sucked because we because you know going going into the playoffs of that run that we had, I think it would have been a lot better. But but yeah, right now I would see right with how this team's formulated right now, you're looking at maybe 90 wins max, and that's really being generous. I'm it's we're probably gonna get 82 to 90 wins this year, and that all depends on how pitching does, and if the, if the guys don't get absolutely tired from trying to pitch perfect every game. When you're not going to have it, you know, you, no. when you look at pitching statistically across the season, you're going to have in 30 starts, you're going to have 30 or, or excuse me, three or four bad starts. You're going to yeah. have starts where he doesn't get out of the third. It doesn't get out of the fourth. What do you do? Yeah. You'll have that. How do you compensate and get through it? Yeah. Again, speaking of the pitchers, this is the starting five that Meisel's thing is going to happen. We got Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, Aaron Cervalli, Cal Quantrill, and Adam Plutko. I don't see Plutko. The reason why he didn't pick McKenzie because the fact that Tristan hasn't really pitched for the last two years and he's, um, you know, Tristan McKenzie – you know, this was his first year in the majors. He had never played in AAA, and his velocity kind of dropped. So that's kind of why he's thinking that they're going to they're going to send McKenzie to AAA just to give him the use to pitching more often and getting back in the flow of a long season and stuff like that. So I can see why Meisel put McKenzie in AAA and had Plucko be the fifth starter. Do I feel good with Plucko being the fifth starter? Not really, but if he can find the form that he was supposed to have the last couple seasons before last year, then he's an okay number five. But at some point, you're probably going to think that Tristan McKenzie might come up and be the number five guy at some point, in my opinion. And if you do add McKenzie to that to that rotation, every guy is 25 or less. <laughs> That's how young our rotation is. Every guy's 25 or less. Wow. Yeah. Bieber, please sack, and I think Savali are all 25. Then Quantrill's 24 or 23. McKenzie's like 22 or 23. Uh, so this would be a good time to shout out uh, Todd from Indian's perspective. If mm. you have any video anywhere of Tristan McKenzie in a gym trying to get stronger, please, please send it my way because I'm dying for it, man. I want to see if he's putting on any muscle whatsoever. Well, he I, needs it. He needs it bad. Well, I know McKen- I know Mackenzie just showed a video of him throwing a bullpen the other day on his Instagram. So I'll have to that. go check it out because yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping he's bulking up. He is so skinny to be trying to yeah whip that ball through there like the way that he does, because that's just not good for the body. Yeah, no, it's really not. Uh guys in the 40 man roster, McKenzie, Logan Allen, the elder. Scott Moss, Sam Hedges, Jordan Humphreys, Juan Carlos Mejia, Eli Morgan, and Carlos Vargas are the other guys, a part of the 40-man for the starters. The relievers, James Karinchak, Emmanuel Classe, Nick Whitgren, Phil Maton, Anthony Gosse, Kyle Nelson, Trevor Steven, and Cam Hill. Uh, Trevor Steven, because we got him from the Yankees and we kind of have to play him this year because of the whole rule five draft. Basically, if we don't have him on, on the major league roster for the whole season, we got to give them, we got to give him back. And I think we get money like a hundred thousand or whatever it is. Some weird rule that rule five does. So 
basically Trevor Stephen has to be with the Indians because of the Roll Five draft. And Anthony Gasse uh, is supposed to be good from what I hear. I don't. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see how that works out. That then, of course, you got Kyle Nelson. Um, I mean, he's a lefty. It'd be interesting to see what he does. Honestly, I mean, any surprises with the with the relievers, or is it pretty much makes sense at this point? Just how how that's how that's formed with hand being gone, and it's just gonna be what it's gonna be. There's no sense in getting heated about it in the end of January. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, hopefully these guys can put something together and, you know, Oh man, I almost referred to uh, Carl as Mickey, but no, oh, geez, hopefully Carl can get these guys to a place where, you know, there's something good. Yeah. You know, the bullpen definitely looks the strongest, um, the strongest position group that's not the starting pitching. Yeah. Which at this point is you really got to hope that the bullpen just not, does not get taxed, especially if the starters aren't playing perfect and the offense is just absolutely not showing up. I'm afraid that we're going to, that our bullpen's not going to be as solid as it was last year. Cause you got to make sure, cause you got to hope that the starters keep you in the games every time. And if they do get blown up, like you said, we don't want all these guys just getting worn out during a but a potential 162 season. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't want to see that happen, but that'll be a good thing about maybe seeing, you know, McKenzie in the starting rotation and watching Plucko bump back into the bullpen. Eat some um, innings. Yeah, Ghost is supposed to be good. Um I I just got done listening again to the CLE Tribecast show with uh, Todd from Indians perspective. And they were very high on Kyle Nelson. Yeah. Um, I, at least you got some guys with some serious live arms, which is something that I complain about all the time is not enough guys who throw 95 or better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least, you know, we got some arms. That's going to do something for us. Hopefully, Class A is still as good as, as he's supposed to be, even now we know that he was getting one-on-one because of steroids, which absolutely sucks. <laughs> yeah, it'll be what it's going to be, though. Uh, we should, should still be okay. <clears throat> yeah, like you said, it will be fine. Uh, some breaking news. Uh, Brad Hand is now a national. Do you want to hear how much it was for? I'm probably going to pull up my Twitter feed and find out, but you might as well just rip the Band-Aid off now. Ten and a half million dollars. Too expensive. Oh, it's 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 a it's a reach. It is an overpay. Overpaid, too expensive. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah, I'm just like, okay. Isn't that what the Indians cut him to save? We come for 10, went through waivers. No one picked them up. And then the nationals about a month later, are like, all right, we'll give you 10 and a half. And the Indians are probably like, well, there's a million dollars. We could just say, <laughs> or however much it was to buy his contract out. 
was a million. It's okay. Hey, that hey, that million dollars could have went to uh, you know Phil Maton. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. No, it would have just gone back into the pockets of the owners. It's all right. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna what be we got next. What do we got next? I'm ready to move on from this because it's just. <laughs> well, to be quite honest with you, man, that actually is the. Like I said, this was a pretty short show tonight. I mean, we really don't have anything. I mean, unless you have final thoughts overall with the Indians, like, are you hoping that they go for anyone? I know there's still some holes that we probably could fill. I mean, it's not going to happen. I'd rather see them just roll the dice with what we've got and, you know, okay, yeah, maybe go after Cesar Hernandez. That wouldn't you know, make me cry myself to sleep at night thinking about the Indians not being what I expect them to be. Honestly, Cesar Hernandez was our most consistent hitter last year, so I'd love to get him back. But since we got... You'd you'd give Rosario or Jimenez a chance to mature a little bit. Yeah, I would love to see that, but that's why they traded for two guys that can play both positions. And everyone's basically linking those two to be the starting infielders up the middle for us. So, and that's why they're talking about <laughs> Yu Chang being the super utility man for the Cleveland Indians in 2021 <laughs> with our $40 million payroll. <laughs> I don't want to speak this into existence, but man, I really hope he's better than Michael Martinez. I think everyone hopes that anyone is better than Michael Martinez, to be honest with you. I mean, Yu Cheng's supposed to be good from what I've seen, so, I mean. Hopefully. Hopefully he has a good season. He has a good spring, and he's been putting together a good offseason. Yeah, I mean, do you see Nolan Jones coming up at all at some point? I mean, you would have to think he's going to come up. He has to. He has to. Somebody's going to be scuffling. It's the Cleveland Indians. It's It's, a statistical. it's, 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 It's first base. Yeah. I'm calling it now. It's going to be first base. I don't think Jake Bowers is going to do what he, I don't, at some point the Indians guys just let that go. They're like, you know what? This trade, that Yanni Diaz trade for Jake Bowers. No bueno. So, and then Bobby Bradley, who knows how that's working out. It's, it's yeah just, it just sucks that we have no idea what first base is going to be like we still don't we still don't have a true second baseman because we love moving guys from short to second because for whatever reason we cannot get any guy to play second after we lost carlos Bayerga. so i mean we did have kip but i think kip is Johnny mac baby yeah it's it just stinks when you, when you look at the when you look at the depth of the roster overall in the organization at second base we really got nobody that's a massive hole we have to fill well they no <laughs> like we said this roster is done i wouldn't expect anything else to happen unless unless the dolans get a wild hair up their ass and they're like hey let's straight jose ramirez and dump his nine and a half million dollar contract just because we want to save more money <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the uproar in Cleveland if they trade Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor in the same offseason before the season even starts? I really hope the Cavs are playing well. <laughs> Something to placate the masses because 
the, Good the, Lord. the the Browns go like 13 and three next year, go to the AFC title game at least, and just absolutely just steamrolls everyone in the playoffs. <laughs> Good Lord can only hope. Yeah, man, it's it's going to be an interesting year for sure. But Tom, man, it was good talking to you. Uh, you know, we've been we were off last week. Now we're back. Now, uh, like I said, we are doing um, an every other week show, so we should be back. Was like February, whatever two Saturday, what two Sundays from now in February. Then I think it's like the twenty first, and then it's like March seventh. So we will have guests on those episodes. Um, we'll, you know, shoot those out, you know, when we get closer to the shows. But Tom, man, like I said, it's been good talking to you, man. I know it's been odd not having a show last week, but got to watch our Browns, right? <laughs> got to watch someone win in the playoffs. I, I wouldn't have been in a good state of mind to do that show. I'm just going to yeah. float that right now. Like I was – but if you'd have told me that the Browns would hold Kansas City to 22 points mm-hmm. and still lose, I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm fine. There's there's no need for some of these wild calls on social media to fire Joe Woods and trade Jarvis Landry and trade Odell and maybe go for Stafford. Y'all just sit down and shut the fuck up. We're yeah, fine. I, yeah, I love how we make the playoffs, beat the Steelers, almost beat Kansas City, and they're like, all right, we need a tra- we need a trade. Our Blow coach- it up. It's working too well. Blow it up. Yeah, let's try our culture changer in, in Jarvis Landry because we pay him too much as a slot receiver. And we need to trade Baker because he's still not the guy. And it's like he threw nine picks the entire year. Do you know how much any franchise would kill to have a guy who throws nine picks the whole year and gets you into the divisional round and almost make it to the AFC title game? Like, what are we doing? Like, we can't have, we can't have anything nice as Browns fans. These we just don't fans, enjoy it prosperity scares us apparently oh yeah because we're so used to being bad can't stand it oh yeah because they're so used to the team being bad they want that they want something to complain about so i mean it makes no sense like i don't think you're really fans if you want to trade our our one of our best quarterbacks we've had since 99 trade the guy who basically changed the culture in cleveland and landry you want to get rid of everybody but like I said, this isn't a Browns. Po- <laughs> this isn't a Browns podcast. But it's yeah. rough. It's good to be back on the show, and <laughs> hopefully, we can. Oh, yes. Have some positive news for you in two weeks. Something. Um, something. Until next time, uh, I'm Tom Athene, and with me, as always, Mr. Zach Martin. This is Rocking at the Jake, and good night, everybody. See you guys.